Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. In three, two, one. Ben, what are you watching? Oh my God, the Will Smith Chris Rock thing again? He loves this video, guys. Uh, I've seen it. Mm. Can I just say something right before we do the show about that? It's like, so after the thing went down on Sunday, and and you talk about free speech in America, we have free speech, we believe in sacred liberties and, you know, nothing sacred. We were censored in America. I was one of like, I would say 50 million people who turned to the Japanese language version of it. You know, my wife and I are on little cell phones. We got the Japanese version. What happened in America? We had to go to Japan. Just say it, D. We are not that much free speech country. Well, I'm just saying, stop watching it. We have a show to do. Okay, that's the last time. <laughs> Sorry, I put it away. Put it aside. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Oh, what a week. I'm in downstate Illinois, hanging out in my mom's closet. It's brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us about the latest column in the Chicago Reader. Oh, my goodness. A hard-hitting column uh, on uh, the casino coming to Chicago. I do not understand the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I really don't. There is no dumber idea. We need we need to fortify our firefighters union pension and our uh, police union pension. We absolutely positively have to do it. Uh, we made a sacred pledge to these city employees that in exchange for them doing their job, we would make sure they would have money set aside when they're old. OK, and you're going to get old people. All you youngsters out there, you can't believe it. I wish I had a pension. I don't. But I support people who do because in the hopes, maybe we'll all get a pension. So instead of fortifying the uh, pensions with a steady stream of like legitimate money that you know is going to come in and is not too regressively raised, what is the city of Chicago proposing to do? I know we're going to squeeze some saps, go to the casino, throwing away their hard-earned money because the whole thing is set up for them to lose in order to fortify the firefighters and police pensions. I just, one of the dumbest ideas, D, I said in the column, it would be the dumbest idea of the 21st century to emerge from the city of Chicago, except the 21st century is also the century that brought us Mayor Daly's Olympics idea, which is still the reigning champion, dumb idea out of the city of Chicago. So you asked me what I wrote about. That's what I wrote about. There you go. Check it out. I'm not sure if you'll get that crazy rant in the middle like he did there, but you <laughs> will get a column and it will be informative and very entertaining. Mm. Chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. Chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V is in victory. S-K-Y. I swear to God, one more time and we're done with the show. It is Friday, April 1st, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, 
Ken Davis. It's April Fools. It's Ben Jarofsky. Hey. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Tear Up the Script Friday, and here's why. Because I'm tearing up the script. Listen. Oh, I'm like Donald Trump. That was weird. I, I saw you tear the script, but I didn't hear it. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> you didn't hear the tearing? Okay, I'll now do an imitation of me tearing up the script. Ah, that's good. Here, g- give me that paper. Oh, there you go. Wow. That's how you tear up a script. Why am I tearing up the script? Because originally I was going to say, hey, we're calling this Dennis is Back Friday, and here's why. Because Dennis is back. Hey, guys. He's in a, he's in a closet in Alton, and he's talking on a jug. Or the mic's on a jug. I'll tell you, what a show, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't is get more downstate than that. podcast. <laughs> Uh-oh, our guest on, our poor guest. He's, he drinks some water, guest. Should we introduce uh, our mystery guest? Not yet. Let's, oh. let's, let's remain in a mystery. Okay. I just want All to right. say why I tore up the script, but we do have a mystery guest. The poor guy is in, the, in our green room. It's like our, we have, a, we have a green room, which is not really a room, and it's not green. But other than that, it's a green room. Yeah, we're on Google uh, Meeting, and it's his house. <laughs> what are you talking about? Green room. I wish. I'm in a closet, uh, dude. Anyway, uh, Dennis took a few days off. You know, since he got that night job, he's like, yeah, it's like Johnny Carson of the podcasting world. I think I'll take the next week off. All right. Call Nate. Anyway, uh, Nate did a great job sitting in for Dennis. But that's not the breaking news. I'm so ecstatic. Usually it's just loss, loss, loss for me and my beloved unions. But how about those Amazon workers in New York? This story broke just before we came on. I'm so excited about it. They voted in Staten Island. I'm not going to make fun of Staten Island ever again. By the way, D, what what famous celebrity is from Staten Island? He's been in the news a lot lately. Come on now. Bruce Willis. You can handle it. Who? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. No, but. Wow, Bruce Willis has been in the news today, right? I guess I took, I took an actual guess. I didn't that say Ice Cube. Bruce Willis, don't quote me. And this is from New Jersey. I want to say Bruce Willis is from. I feel really bad about Bruce Willis. I was a Bruce Willis fan back in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, I admit it. I, I admit it. I'm not going to cover that up. Uh, die Hard and all that. And uh, he's um, got a degenerative uh, uh, brain condition, and uh, he's got to step back from acting. So. Anyway, that's not what I was going to talk about. It was uh, Pete Davidson from Saturday Night Live. Oh, hey, He's from Staten Island. Hey, bro. You knew that. Bro, I'm from uh, Staten Island, bro. That is actually not bad. Dude, uh, dude I'm dating uh, that uh, girl, bro. Kardashian, bro. By the way, I did. A, I had a conversation with Ramana Hussein, bro. and it, it didn't work. There was the portion, for some reason, it broke down. We're going to have to come back to it. Why are women so attracted to Peter Dave, Pete Davidson? I do not understand that. But neither here nor there. That's a tangent within a tangent. The union workers at an Amazon facility uh, in Staten Island voted to join a union, a former union, I should say. And there wasn't even a national union uh, supporting their their organizing effort. Usually, you know, somebody like the, I don't know, SEIU will come in and be the organizing representative. They have money and organizers and assistants and lawyers, et cetera. This was from the ground up. And I'm going to give a shout out to uh, two names that. Two people that uh, did the heavy lifting. Uh, Chris Smalls, what a badass he is, an employee at the Staten Island facility. He was fired. Amazon fired him last year uh, because he was like speaking up for workers' rights. And his best friend, Derek Palmer, and they led the organiz- uh, They led the efforts. The vote, uh, according to the New York Times, I just read before we came on the air, was 2,654 to 2,131. Uh, yes. And I just want to say this. Congratulations, Amazon. But when we organized our union at the reader, it was 20 to nothing to vote. Just saying. <laughs> it's called unionizing organ- union organizing trash talk. Now, 
it was a lot more difficult for uh, as, uh, the Amazon workers stat line. All kidding aside, hats off. If I could figure out any way to get Chris Smalls on my uh, humble little podcast, I will, D, because that dude, that is an amazing, you know, to beat Amazon. And, you know, the rules are all set up to for Amazon's advantage. I was reading a story about this. It's like they could put big signs up that say vote no. <laughs> How is that fair? You know, the employer puts the sign up, vote no. I'm sure uh, Amazon will just be cool with it and, you know, take it as a loss and not bring yeah, it up right. again, right? Yeah, I'm the, sure that'd be cool, right? The richest man in the world. Yeah, that's it. It's over. More. It's done. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why Starbucks just doesn't recognize the union. They're doing this like store by store. You know, we had a couple Starbucks workers on the show. Uh, I should bring them back and talk about this. Uh, but I just don't understand why Starbucks is like, what the hell? And just recognize the union. You guys are worth billions and billions of dollars. You pay your workers a little more. It's not going to kill you. Same thing with you, Bezos. You got so much money, you're flying to space. And you don't want to pay your workers? Well, you already pay them $18 an hour. Oh, you're so proud of that. $18 an hour in New York. Where's that going to get you? You going to be able to take a summer vacation with $18 an hour? You're going to be able to, like, take your kid to, I don't know, where do you take kids these days? The Great America? Yeah, a Six Mets Flags. Game? Yeah. You know, I just, come on, cheapskates. Anyway, shout out, Chris Ball. That is a badass guy. He just said, you fire me? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to form a union. Yeah, the studio audience agrees. Uh, all right, anyway, and then it was uh, – there was also an, in other news, the Amazon vote in uh, Alabama did not go so well for the union. Uh, it's neck and neck, but there's the 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 initial results are that there was a no vote in uh, Arizona, excuse me, in Alabama, but there's 400 votes um, contested. And I'm not going to make any Donald Trump calling up Alabama election board officials jokes at this stage because some people might take it literally, and I'm like, I'll get in a lot of trouble. All right, D, uh, enough on that. I know you have a whole list of things you want to discuss about uh in oh what a week including our mystery guest absolutely let's bring him on right now um, who's that mystery guest i'll introduce the mystery guest the mystery guest is the man uh, better known as chicago's neil young the stinging guitar solos and angry lyrics of a really sweetheart of a guy michael girardi michael girardi welcome back to the show young man Hey, guys, how you doing? We're doing really well. I'm very happy, as you could tell. Uh, Michael's been sitting uh, watching our antics as we uh, uh, got the show started, so you get a sense of just all the extensive work that goes into uh, creating a Ben Jarofsky show. Uh, but I discovered that, uh, that Amazon news, and I was just so happy. Uh, Michael, it's just been like crummy new- news for me, people of the leftist persuasion like myself. Yeah, we get clobbered. We usually get clobbered in this country. Uh, and uh, so I'm really happy that uh, there was a breakthrough for the workers in uh, uh, in, in Staten. And I got a feeling, Michael Girardi, you share uh, my happiness with them, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm in a union, and um, basically um, the idea that working in an Amazon warehouse, you know, should be uh, – not like the old warehouse jobs where they were, you know, union, like solid middle-class jobs that they should be treating them like they're, you know, retail service jobs. I mean, that's like, um, I don't know. It's the company's so big that, uh, this is, this is a big deal. So, um, and I I just think that the, the thing that kind of the weird thing is that, 
Jeff Bezos is, uh, you know, owner of the Washington Post, their part owner or whatever. And uh, he's considered like a liberal. And um, I mean, what does that even mean anymore? You know, like I, I what who's like a New Deal liberal? Who's like uh, what? What is a Democrat? You know, I mean, it, it's just uh, I'm still always trying to follow these sorts of things. And it, is the left just all about uh, you know non-economic issues and and the uh, you know the Reagan Revolution was completed and now the Democrats are part of that too and that's who their people are who. They want to keep happy, you know, people like Bezos. I mean, where's, where's the democratic party really at on this stuff? Where's, well, where's like Joe Biden and everybody, you know, what are they going to say about it? We know what Bernie's going to say, but other than Bernie, what is everybody else going to say about this? How, how, how big a deal are they going to make about it? Are they going to do anything? Are they going to try to turn it into something larger? Uh, man. That sounds like the beginning of a song. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, we, when we have our, okay, so this show, everybody knows we're kind of a left of center show. Uh, although I do bring people of, of a centrist persuasion on from time to time. And, uh, but Michael, you're, you're really getting at something that I, one of my favorite themes, there's a big difference between quote unquote liberals and lefties. I call them lefties and that I'm a lefty. Bernie Sanders is a lefty. AOC is a lefty. And so uh, for lefties, this is a, a major moment. Liberals, you know, they don't even call themselves liberals. They're so ashamed of being a liberal. They don't even want to. So they call themselves progressives. But they tend, to your point, to be very soft when it comes to workers' rights. And uh, very soft when it comes to uh, inequities in our country. And um, they don't want to speak up about it. They don't want to denounce it. And the Democratic Party is constantly trying to f form some kind of balance between lefties like the Bernie Sanders wing, which is, I guess I'm in the Bernie Sanders. I think you're in the Bernie Sanders wing. I know Dennis is. Uh, and, and then the liberals, the Rahm Emanuel's of the world, the Barack Obama's of the world's, you know, and then like a Barack Obama and a Clinton, they're doing their own little balancing acts where they give lip service to union rights, but they avoid union fights. You know, Barack Obama was nowhere to be found when the, the labor wars broke out in Wisconsin and they destroyed public workers unions in Wisconsin. The, the Democrats were nowhere to be found. Very disappointing. So you're, you're absolutely correct. So where will Joe, B Joe Biden, I think is better on labor issues than Barack Obama. Marginally better. At least he said the like workers have a right to organize a union. Yeah, in public, behind closed doors, he says nothing will fundamentally change. Yeah, and he probably is not exactly uh, probably telling the labor leaders. See, here's the thing: these were insurgents who led this organizing effort in Staten Island. This was not a like a uh, or organized union. This was not like the Teamsters, although the Teamsters are jumping all over. God bless the team. They're all right. We're ready. We need a Jimmy Hoffa, Michael. That's what I was saying before the show. Uh, but um, uh, so because it's there, there's no like boss that a Democratic chieftain can call and say, fall in line. Do you follow what I'm saying? It's not like the call you're I'm not going to get you, you in trouble. But like, let's say you are a rabble rouser, which you are, and you were embarrassing the powers that be, which you do. Uh, and so some 
one of your local politicians, and you live in a Democratic area, so it would probably be a Democrat, uh, would call the head of your union and go, could you tell that troublemaking mother, beep, Girardi, to shut up? And then the guy would tell you, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so anyway, you're absolutely correct. It would be interesting to see where the organized Democratic Party would go. and Will they share my enthusiasm and excitement? Uh but I will say there was a couple rulings by uh, the National Labor Relations Board. This is why this stuff's important, ladies and gentlemen. This is why this stuff matters that enabled the election to go on. So uh, presidential appointees do matter. All right, Michael Girardi, enough on the, the labor situation in Staten Island. Uh, Michael is a songwriter. He's a singer. Uh, we used to play his songs all the time, his greatest hits. Uh, editorial board, tax increment financing, world's greatest newspaper. Uh, he pulled, he did his, he, he channeled his inner kinks for world's greatest newspaper. Uh, editorial editorial board, maybe my favorite of them all. Little angry Neil Young like uh, song uh, denouncing the mindlessness of some of our editorials and the conventional view of things. What do you got for us today? Are you going to unveil a new song for us today? Um, yeah, so this song, I guess I should get my guitar, huh? Yes. Uh, this song is called Look Me in the Eye, and this is brand new. I haven't uh, recorded this or anything yet. And uh, it is inspired by the time that I, sorry, somebody's texting me. Uh, it's inspired by the time that I met uh, Bruce Rauner. Ugh. In, in the lobby of a TV news studio, and uh, he was governor then, and uh, he was there to do an interview, and I was there to mop the floor. And uh, I don't mean like mop the floor, you know, in debate. I mean like I was literally mopping the floor. And uh, so it was this weird little thing where he came walking up by me and expected anybody like me to be starstruck and to put my hand out and everything. And I put my other hand up on my mop and I just stared at him and he just stopped and, and, uh, it was awkward. And then he just looked away and pretended that I didn't exist. And, you know, in that moment, like he couldn't look me in the eye and, uh, it, it was, it was strange because, you know, you take these wealthy, powerful people, who think that they're so special and uh, you're not them because you're not special. And uh, you confront them in the slightest way and they look terrified. What was I going to do? Was I going to like Will Smith, the guy? I wasn't going to do nothing. I'm mopping the floor. Uh, but, but he looked scared because I didn't put my hand out to shake his hand. And uh, these, are, these are the people who have all the power, who call all the shots, who decide what we're even going to debate about and what's going to be off the table in our city, state, and country, what politics is about. And it's all just about their, uh, you know, their little liberal fights. It's not, they, they don't want, uh, you know, big union organizing and stuff like that. They don't want class struggle to be talked about. They love identity politics. And, and, uh, so, um, 
I've been remembering that a lot as you've talked about people like Ken Griffin and how, you know, he's trying to buy an election and, and, uh, you know, I've thought about when you've talked about, uh, Pritzker and how, what's Griffin's deal with, with wanting to beat Pritzker so badly and, you know, probably sees him as a class trader and, that's where we're at. The best you can ask for is a class trader who, uh, who says all the right stuff, but doesn't seem to really be able to manage to pull any of it off. And even that is a, an enormous threat. So these are just some of the characters that I've been thinking about when I've been, uh, playing my guitar and, uh, it's affected my mood slightly. So I'll go ahead Man, that's a good line. I'm going to have to steal that one, Michael. The best we can get is a class trader. He can steal your lines, but he'll never steal your music. He can't play a guitar, really sing that well. So just remember that. <laughs> Michael Girardi is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you could see it. Oh, he's got a harmonica. He's doing his Bob oh, Dylan. Oh, hell he's yeah. He's ready to go. Oh, all wow. Night. He's really going all Neil Young tonight. Yeah. 
little angry strumming the guitar michael girardi ladies and gentlemen the pride and joy of the southwest side of chicago the pride and the joy of the 23rd ward or maybe it's the 19th ward i can't remember 19th my apologies to all the wards down there uh michael that was pretty strong stuff working class got bills to pay uh we know know you never worked a day wine and dine or dividends and capital gains uh, i stand I- by it and what have you done to our world, uh, a future of our kids? I couldn't get the opening line. Uh, I think he said, all you bankers gather around. Was that uh, what you, the opening? I was taking notes on it. That's right. And then what was the follow-up line to that? Time to drive you out of town. Time to drive you out of town. <laughs> I'm angry. Really? He's becoming uh, apocalyptically angry. Uh, time to drive you out of town. Uh yeah, Did we, were you like conjuring up Dylan? Are you a Bob Dylan fan? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, who wouldn't try to sound like that? But I wouldn't say that, you know, I succeeded. <laughs> sure. No, but there's a song by Dylan. Come mothers and fathers throughout the land. Oh, Chris, there's Gather Around. I think Gather Around is in the song. So you Yeah, I probably ripped that off without realizing <laughs> no. Don't worry, we'll cut this whole thing out. No, no, no. First of all, don't worry, because Dylan <laughs> rips off everybody, okay? He's probably listening to this podcast right now going, I like Girardi. Mm. <laughs> hey, 2022 primary <laughs> candidate update. Uh, Michael, you got you, you got a lot of like class rage in you, man. Uh, has anyone ever pointed that out to you? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, I I don't know. I mean, to me, that's what it all comes down to. You know, all this other stuff is like a distraction. You know, I mean, um, you know, the whole, all week, you know, everybody's going to talk about uh, the thing at the Oscars and uh, that's the way that they want it. You know, the, the idea that, even even somebody like Bernie Sanders, who's not coming out and saying, like, when I say socialist, I mean abolish profit. I mean get rid of the New York Stock Exchange. Like he's he's even he is not saying anything that radical, and he's like the most radical thing out there. I mean how how far to the right must both parties have gotten for that to to be possible? It's just it's hilarious when you read any history from even not not that terribly long ago and see how different it was compared to now. Uh, It's just, uh, but that's what, that's what it all comes down to. And, um, you know, how many of those people uh, at, at Amazon and Staten Island voted for Trump, you know, and the answer is who cares? 
Like if that, that's the kind of stuff that people will write about. That's the kind of stuff that you'll read about in mainstream newspapers and magazines and stuff because they want to divide those people. And, uh, you know, the, the main thing is like, they're, they're not that different and it's, they're, uh, together. They're very different from Jeff Bezos and they're doing all the work. And remember when you, you talked about how he uh, is flying rockets in the space. And, uh, if I recall correctly, that was a perhaps penis shaped rocket. Um, and, and what did he say? He said, thank you to all our workers and all our customers because you paid for all this. And that that's it. So we, we got to get a job and buy stuff, uh, you know, from people who decide, you know, what we're going to be sold and everything. And, uh, and then they take, they skim off the top and somehow this is all common sense. Not like a, not like a, a complicated racket. Somehow this is just very simple, conservative, common sense that then they skim off the top with this, you know, convoluted, uh, system and then they and then they do whatever they want with all the money and then they say sorry that there are people who are poor and don't have health care how you going to pay for that nobody says how you going to pay for flying penis rockets in the space penis rockets into space sounds like a great <laughs> title for your next song i'm just saying michael girardi <laughs> when you asked me that question i didn't know that that's how my answer was gonna end it's a great riff it was a great riff. Uh, yeah, I am with you. Uh, it was a great riff. I'm with you. And uh, I'm waiting to see how the vote in Staten Island is twisted. This is one of my favorite things I do now. Uh, I watch. I had a lady. I'm going to back up. I had a woman on the show. We haven't dropped the show yesterday. I did an interview for a bonus interview. And, and her specialty is messaging. She analyzes the messages that various politicians put out, the Democrats and Republicans. And she sees how they're trying to shape public opinion. And she analyzes like the secret uh, beams that they're emitting that are supposed to uh, get voters to respond. And she's trying to shape it for her Democrats, but she's also become pretty good at uh, studying the Republicans. So I feel I'm pretty good at seeing the messages that people send out. Cause I spent so much time watching them, Michael. So I'm waiting to see how uh, each party puts out what message they put out about this Amazon vote. Really particularly curious about the Republican party, because your point that you started with uh, on your riff is a good one that uh, some of the people who worked in that Staten Island facility probably voted for Donald Trump. Now, uh, so Trump was radiating a, a, a message that they picked up on and stirred them to vote for him, even if it wasn't in their best financial interest. And uh, so that it was a relatively close vote. I want to say there were 2000 people who voted no uh, in that election two twenty one hundred and uh, voted against the union. So it could be those are the Trump voters. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, and 2,600 voted yes. So I'm really curious what Trump's and MAGA is going to do in terms to turn this around in some way to make, to rally people back to their side. Will they blame it on like lunatic radical leftists? Will they look for something in the past of Chris Smalls, who was the leader? 
that they can smear him with? Uh, will they just ignore it? Or yep. will they will they uh, stay out of the fray itself, but then bat, beat up Jeff Pizos, which is a tactic. In other words, do nothing to help the workers organize. Do nothing to like put people on the National Labor Relations Boards who might be a little uh, even-handed in how they uh, judge the disputes that govern a, a union election. So they'll put on board members who undercut the union, but then they'll attack Jeff Bezos as being anti-union. So you follow that little game that they're playing there, Michael. And so I'm waiting. And and to your point about the Dems, I'm with you 100% on that. I'm, I'm waiting to see, will the Dems stay, stand with the workers? I got to believe they're going to stand with the workers. I can't believe they're that, they would be that tone deaf as to be neutral. So I'm with you, man. I feel it. I just don't have the ability to uh, write a song, sing a song, play the guitar, play the harmonica. So, yeah, none of those. <laughs> none of those, Michael Girardi. Uh, all right, Michael, we're going to move on uh, to all the other news of the day. Why don't you give folks, like, is there a source, a site they can go to? They can hear more of your great songs uh, that, uh, or your. I know you got a band together. Are you gonna be playing anywhere, anyplace soon? Uh, talk, talk about that. Okay, so I am going to be playing uh, solo acoustic next weekend at uh, at a little restaurant called Wonder Burger in Mount Greenwood. <laughs> um, That's awesome, though. Not, not sure what I'll be playing there, but uh, I'll be there next Saturday. I think it's uh, April 9th. Uh, probably, I think, uh, 7 o'clock. And, uh, and you can hear my music at MikeGirardi.com. Uh, last name spelled G-E-R-A-R-D-I. And that should take you to my Bandcamp page. All right, very good, Mike Girardi, and uh, I think I'll see you this. I'm going to do a plug for my show. I think I'll see you this Tuesday at First Tuesday. Yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, uh, Michael said he's going to try to stop by. He already bought his ticket, so he uh, will stop by, and uh, we'll be talking Michael Joseph Madigan, who, of course, is the former House Speaker, and I believe, well, he probably was not your state rep, but you live sort of close to where he his district was my wife uh, grew up there there you go okay uh and elena hampton uh will be with us and she of course is the former michael madigan aide uh who sort of started all this she broke ranks when uh, madigan did absolutely nothing regarding uh, her uh, allegations of sexual harassment by another madigan aide uh and dave mckinney who's a great uh journalist right writes for bez uh, right now, I used to write for my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, uh, and he has written quite a bit about Michael Joseph Madigan. So deep dive on Michael Joseph Madigan. Uh, Michael Girardi will be there. He'll be signing autographs. He will not be uh, playing his harmonica or his guitar. If, if I'm going to talk, I'm going to introduce you to Timmy Totten and say, give this guy a chance, man, Tim. Come on. Uh, Hook me up. Oh, put him up on the stage. Also, man. also Mike, uh, Mayor Lightfoot is a huge fan of your work. That's not true. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe she's not. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, uh, I really love the editorial board. That's not true. Anyway, uh, 
So, uh, all right, Michael, take care of that cold. The guy fought through a cold, ladies and gentlemen, to to do that performance. And uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, happy April Fools to you, and see you on Tuesday. All right. All right. Thanks. Take care. All right. That's uh, Michael Girardi, the pride and joy of uh, the 19th ward. I apologize for saying it was the 23rd ward. All right, D. Enough of that uh, enjoyment. Enough entertainment. Enough inter- enjoyment and entertainment. What am I about to do for the next? All right. Enough fun stuff. Now, Dennis. <laughs> oh, okay. Hey. How's it going, everybody? Let's talk about what happened in Chicago and or <laughs> Illinois this week. A lot of campaign election news to discuss. But before we get into it, boy, Ben, I tell you, the weather this week has been something else. From the Illinois State Water Survey at the University <laughs> of Illinois Prairie Research Institute, this is Illinois State climatologist Trent Ford. March ended as a proverbial lion. Mm. Average temperatures this week range from the low 30s in northern Illinois to the high 40s in southern Illinois, between 3 and 12 degrees below normal. Interesting. Despite the return of colder temperatures, March overall was 1 to 3 degrees warmer than normal across mm. the state. A strong system made its way through the Midwest. Okay, maybe you have a point about what you said about Girardi and what we're about to do. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. By the way, it's for the moment, it's not raining in the city of Chicago. All it does is rain around here, D. And then last night, little little flurries were coming out. Yeah, I've Are been, you kidding me? I've been in downstate Illinois the same. A lot of rain. A ton oh, of rain. Very rainy. For some reason, I think Baldwin is balmy. I don't know. I, having never been there. It is very balmy. Yeah. That is true. In the summertime, it's way hotter. Uh, it's only four or five hour difference, but it's a lot more muggy, a lot more humid. So yeah, I think you got that. Hmm. Yeah. By the way, I want to give a shout out to Alex, uh, Dennis's good friend from Alton. They went out for lunch yesterday. Chinese buffet. Uh, uh, and uh, Alex is a very funny guy. One day I'll talk him onto coming on the show, but he's you know, kind of reclusive. No, Ben, I'm very busy. I don't time to, to your little show but funny guy alex he'd be a very good guest all right d take it away it's time for a 2022 illinois election primary candidate update this is a 2022 illinois primary election candidate update <laughs> always forget the crow it's an eagle oh sorry yes a 2022 illinois election primary candidate update D-G-A! D-G-A! Come on, Ben! D-G-A! No? Okay. Shout out to the Democratic Governors Association for keeping things interesting. They announced this week that they will be pouring $728,000 into a statewide advertising blitz focused on the Illinois Republican race for governor. Ben Jarofsky, how many Illinois Republican gubernatorial candidates can you name off the top of your head right now? Go. Oh my goodness. Uh, boy, it's no preparation. Gary Rabine, uh, your favorite. Uh, DB, Darren Bailey, the hog farmer. Two. Uh, perhaps my favorite. Uh, uh, Richard Irvin, uh, Kenny Griffin's, <laughs> fa- Kenny G's favorite. So, really, that's all that matters. Uh, Paul Shemp, big fan of Mo and Larry and Curly. Uh, and uh, let's see, am I forgetting? Oh, how, how could I forget him, man? I apologize. Jesse? Jesse Sullivan, pride and joy of San Francisco. I bet I'm actually from downstate Illinois. Oh, yeah, I forget. <laughs> made all his money and he moved out of Illinois, made a fortune, and now he's coming back. I love Illinois, ladies and gentlemen. Great job. Uh, uh, and then there's some others that I'm not even aware of. Yeah, and, there's another ragtag bunch we'll eventually get to. I'm not sure who I it is. I don't know. Either. And isn't uh, oh, Man Cow running? Well, to quote uh, Mr. Man Cow Muller, I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? Because I don't know. You know, your man cow sort of heads into Alex Jones country at some point. Have you ever noticed that? I don't know, Ben. I don't know. 
So I did. Did I pass the audition? You did great. Anyway, the DGA put out their first ad. It's a 30-second spot that targets Aurora Mayor and, well, Republican gubernatorial candidate, one Richard Irvin, and his career as a defense attorney before he became a prosecutor and questions his decision to represent violent criminals accused of domestic abuse, child pornography, and sexual assault in the past. And we have that ad. Do you want to hear it? Richard Irvin's real record on crime? For 15 years, Irvin has been a defense lawyer, profiting by defending some of the most violent and heinous criminals. Domestic abusers and sexual assault. A kidnapper who molested a child. Reckless homicide. Even accused child pornographers. Irvin's been getting rich by putting violent criminals back on our streets. Tell Richard Irvin to stop pretending to be tough on crime and start supporting policies that keep people safe. Well, I absolutely positively despise that commercial. And I say this as a guy who's been hammering Richard Irvin from the get-go. It's To me, it's classic Democrats trying to be like Republicans. And listen, I say this, and I understand that that's how the game is played. I understand that uh, they've decided that this election is going to be fought on the issue of being who's tougher on crime. Uh, and I understand that, uh, that the Democrats are essentially underscoring the hypocrisy of Richard Irvin. Uh, and, um, but I still despise it, D, because it's just more of the scaring people variety. Oh, he's a criminal defense lawyer. Well, I mean, in our system of justice, you're innocent until proven otherwise, and you need a lawyer, right? When you go to court, you need a lawyer. If you're charged with something, you need a lawyer. So criminal defense lawyers in and of themselves are not horrible things. And by the way, all the law and order types, the Donnie Trumps of the world, going way, way back. Oliver North, remember him? I just think of every right-wing Republican who's ever pounded his chest about law and order when he or she gets in trouble, ring-a-ling-a-ding-ding, they call a criminal defense lawyer. That was the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding. You know, they call it. Oh, my Donnie Trump's got so many lawyers. So it's such a freaking joke. They manipulate your brain. They brainwash you. They scare you. They anger you. And this is how they win elections. And the Democrats are fighting on their terrain and feel compelled to go where the Republicans are going. So do I blame the Democrats for being like Republicans? No. Do I like it? No. Does Richard Irvin deserve it? Yes. Because he's thrown out away all the values he supposedly believed in just to get elected governor and reading a script written for him by Yuan Kenny G, who's got to be the most cynical purveyor of propaganda in the state of Illinois right now. Kenny G is all about lowering the tax rate on wealthy people like him. Ken Griffith, fabulously wealthy, which richest man in the state. I think he's worth over $25 billion. We just talked about this with Michael Girardi, like fabulously wealthy people in politics. So he doesn't run for office. No, he's above that. What he does is he finances the campaigns of people who will, who are running for office and who have more or less pledged that they will fight any attempt to fairly fund government by raising taxes on the wealthiest people. And to get elected, they will exploit all the fears and anxieties that you have, my friends, about crime, particularly the, rach- the racial end of the whole deal. 
So that's so cynical. That's so diabolically cheap. And I just really, I don't know, it's going to take a long time before I can forgive Richard Irvin. The guy was your basic run-of-the-mill Democrat. Criminal defense lawyer, mayor of Aurora. And they said, hey, you want to make, you want to be the governor of Illinois? You got to come across as the second coming of MAGA. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. I don't know, D, let me ask you this. Would you, if the money was good, would you become the second coming of Alex Jones? Just like, no. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it was too much, too tempting. All that money was too tempting for Richard Irving. So he's taking $20 million of campaign contributions and airing all these stupid commercials. And so the Democrats go, oh, you're going you're gonna to do that? We're going to come right back at you. So where does that leave us as a society, ladies and gentlemen? How are we going to have a rational discussion about criminal justice and crime? and rehabilitation of prisoners, et cetera, and so forth. If everybody's pounding themselves in the chest, I'm going to throw you in jail. So, like the commercial, negatory, to quote Norm. Do I understand why the Democrats are doing it? Yes. Yeah, it still sucks. uh, DGA went on to kind of say that the attempt here is to get people to kind of center towards Bailey rather than Irvin in the primary election. So do you think this is an effective uh, commercial to do that if you're uh, one to vote Republican in a primary? Oh, that's oh, it's like (laughs) jujitsu. Yeah, (laughs) they said that was Um, the attempt here to get more people to go towards. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. You know, listen, man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just a guy in an attic and a microphone, all right, overlooking in an alley. And and no, I can't even use the porta potty line anymore. They got rid of it. So what do I know? The people who run these campaigns, sophisticated students of public opinion polls and focus groups. And focus groups is they take human beings, they put them in a room. Democrats do them, Republicans do them. They treat them like rats. And they think, like, they say, what do you respond to? Crime, rape. Whoa, children! They play "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones and see how they respond. <laughs> and then, and then they come up with like uh, an approach that will like manipulate you into voting their way. So they're probably a lot more sophisticated about uh, things than I am. So now MAGA's hearing that and go, "I can't vote for that guy. He's soft on crime." But I think you know. Now that I'm thinking about it, D. I could see it. Like that accentuates. I could see it. That accentuates, uh, whoa, man, that is some jujitsu stuff. Those Democrats, those, they're way smarter than me. Yeah, they're yeah. like, they don't care about the suburban swing voter. What they're trying to do is get MAGA mad and get MAGA so mad they vote for DB. Now, well, you know what? They should come out with a commercial endorsing DB. There you go. Well, there you go. Then, I mean, that'd be something. Yeah. See, DB is the legit MAGA man in the race. He was MAGA before MAGA. All right. He does not cook his meat before he eats it. Just eats it raw. He's MAGA. <laughs> Give me that meat. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he was against masks from the get go. There is no truth to the rumor that Darren Bailey was the guy at the gas station in Alton who, when he saw Dennis wearing a mask <laughs> at the start of the at the start of the pandemic, said pussy. <laughs> That did happen. That did. Ha- it the- did happen. But it was not Darren Bailey. Stop spreading that rumor, people. It was somebody else. No, it was not Jesse Sullivan either. Happened at the Hux gas station on Humbert Road. Okay. Yeah, you pussy. <laughs> Very hard. So anyway, that's who's Mac. You know what? They did a focus group. 
the Dems, and they found out that people downstate think people who wear masks are pussies. So that's their commercial. Hey, maybe they know more than I do. It's still despicable. Now, so, Irv, oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm just saying one last thing. How are you? If you're going to play to that mentality, Dems, it's going to be a little difficult to get them, you know, weaned from that mentality. But they're probably going to tell me, Ben, we live in a world that exists. You live in fantasy world. You're a little attic. Your microphone. Your alley. Anyway, D, take it away. <laughs> More on Darren Bailey in moments. But first, uh, Irvin's campaign did respond, and that really is the big story here. But fellow Republican gubernatorial candidate Jesse Sullivan, uh, Jesse <laughs> Sullivan shared his thoughts on that DGA ad, saying it shows him that the race is winnable for Republicans. But as Jesse Sullivan is soon about to learn, not all of them. But hey, Richard Irvin responded to that ad, saying Pritzker is hiding behind the DGA. It calls the ad blitz a smear campaign against him. And coincidentally, Irvin earlier this week came out with an ad that says he is the Pritzker administration's worst nightmare. Here's the latest ad from gubernatorial candidate Richard Irvin. I'm Richard Irvin. When I ran for mayor, Mike Madigan campaigned against me. I beat him. Now Governor Pritzker's afraid that I'll beat him, too. Oh, God. There's nothing the left fears more than Republicans wow. who look like me and think like us. That all lives matter. That cops should be defended, not defunded. That handouts keep people down. But maybe that's what liberal politicians want. I'm Richard Irvin, and I'm their worst nightmare. Is he winning you over here, Ben? Wow. Republicans that look like me and think like us. That's straight out of a Jordan Peele movie. That is so deep. We got to play that for Monroe. Monroe's like in denial, by the way, about Richard Irvin. He goes, he can't win. He can't win. I'm like, the guy is supported by the richest man in the state. You, you can't say he can't win. Republicans that look like me and think like us. I'm just going to say, folks, he hasn't thought like us. <laughs> us is another uh, Jordan Peele movie. He hasn't thought like us until like about. Uh, two months ago when he got a call. Ding dong. Oh, wait, that's the do doorbell. Well, let's change it. Ring-a-ling and ding dong. There we go. There we go. There we go. Uh, yes, this is Richard Irvin. Uh, yes, it's Richard Irvin. Yeah, hi, it's Kenny G. Oh, the sax player whose music I love? No, the other Kenny G, the richest man in the state of Illinois. Oh, I want you to pretend you're MAGA. I want you to pretend that you think like us. And if you do that, I'll give you so much money you can win. Where do I sign? Where do I sign up? Wow, man. Republicans that look like me and think like us. So this DGA thing is really uh, very interesting. Um, you know, for people who think that Pritzker may have it easy here in the election, maybe some polls or studies are coming out that maybe not. They're getting involved pretty early here, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is I'm with is not going to be a cakewalk, in my humble opinion. I disagree with Monroe Anderson on this. You know, it's a uh, the people. All right. Two things at play. One, low voter turnout uh, always hurts the Democrats. And I do believe there'll be low voter turnout. Two, uh, crime and inflation seem to be the two most pressing issues. And those are working in favor of Republicans. And three, and I'll repeat this endlessly, the richest man in the state uh, has backed Richard Irvin so he can more than match J.B. Pritzker, who in the last election, outspent Rauner because Pritzker's got a couple billion, but Pritzker doesn't have enough money, as much money as Kenny G. That just, come on, 
That blows your mind. That's crazy. That is crazy. And I'll add a fourth one in this. The pandemic, man. Elections after the pandemic here locally, who knows? Well, okay, so that's the wild card. That's a good point. God damn, he's good. (laughs) He's in an attic, ladies and gentlemen, speaking to a jug, but he's good. Uh, In a closet. In a closet. I'm I'm the one in there. I'll edit that out to you. Yeah. Uh, He's in his closet. Yeah, there's shirts and jackets. (laughs) What a show, ladies and gentlemen. Ben, I'm thinking about wearing this one tonight. What do you think? This looks pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That reminds me of the episode of Atlanta I just saw where one of the characters goes to Drake's house for a party and takes Drake's jacket and puts it on. Anyway, um, Drake's closet's a lot bigger than yours. Just saying. <laughs> Big time. Uh, uh, where was that? Pandemic. I forgot. Oh, the pandemic. Total wild card. Because the pandemic's coming back. Uh, hello. Memo to the people of Chicago. It's coming back, you know. By the way, I, uh, it's funny the I, the worlds I go into in, in the city of Chicago where people still wear masks. So my beloved bowling alley, two people wear masks. Me and Norm. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, Tony with a T. Hey, Tony, congratulations! His wife just had a baby. God bless you. Everybody's well. You know I love you, T. Uh, and so because you know he's. Got the kid at home, so he wears a mask. Three people. Everybody, like, come on, guy. What are you, a pussy? Um, so then I go to the library. Everybody's wearing a mask in the library, D. Everybody is wearing a mask. And the sign says, masks optional. Everybody's wearing a mask. Isn't that interesting? Little, yeah. I don't know what's going on there, but libraries, people all wear masks. Bowling alleys, a pussy. <laughs> um, wait, you're t- you wait. You're telling me people at a library may be smarter than people at a bowling alley. Whoa, I, I hadn't said that, but when you put it that way, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Blow my mind here today, Benny J. Wait, the guy at the gas station in Alton, <laughs> okay, let's go, uh, who is not Richard Irvin, all right? Let's just get that clear. And it's not Darren Bailey, okay? And he's not Jesse Sullivan uh, or Gary Rabine. Do you think the guy who said, pussy, do you think he had been coming before he was in that ba- uh, gas station? Was he coming from a library or a bowling alley? Your thoughts? I mean, if I had to pick between the two, I'm going bowling alley. <laughs> Bowl Haven, baby. Uh, anyway, yeah, pandemic's coming back. So Princeton's going to have a tough because everybody's like, I'm, I'm sick of masks. I'm sick of mandates. I'm right. Sick of well, you say the pandemic's coming. And also just like the past two years of what's been going on with the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's probably a game changer, too, for a lot of people who, you know, maybe vote either way you know what i mean swing voters yeah let me just say this i misspoke the pandemic has never left it's still yeah. here yeah yeah there will be a surge that's what i meant to say yeah edit that up the you know make me look good okay you know, make me look smart okay uh <laughs> so there will be a surge it probably hit in october then poor pritzker's not gonna know what to do you know because mag right. will be like oh I'm sick of masks people around the state will go I'm sick of masks and so he won't be able to do anything. The doctor will be saying, you got to do this. You got to do that. He go, nope, uh-uh, I'm not losing this election. I don't care if the whole sick state gets sick. Yeah, I think if there were, I mean, if there were no pandemic, it'd uh, be awesome. But I mean, if there were not, I don't think you would see DGA getting involved in a primary election. So no, it's, it's a lot closer than anyone realizes. Uh, Monroe Anderson's skepticism. Uh, I'm, let's save that and play that bit for Monroe and get cool. his response. I, cool. I think he'll have a field day with Republicans who look like me and think like us. <laughs> take, take it straight out of a Jordan Peele movie named us. 
And people, what did we do to deserve this? We have another Republican gubernatorial campaign ad to play. A couple of weeks back, he got a million dollar donation. And this week, the downstate Illinois senator and wheat farmer, not hog farmer, wheat farmer, has launched his first TV commercial of the primary campaign. And Darren Bailey, way to avoid that farming home with that million dollars in the bank, buddy. Really proud of you. Now, some interesting information before we play this ad. In the expansive or expensive Chicago market, both expensive and expansive, if you ask me, none of the city's broadcast stations have reported a Bailey ad buy. But his campaign did purchase ad time on broadcast stations in St. Louis. I've seen the ad. We're going to play at my mom's house. Champaign, Peoria, Rockford, the Quad Cities, and in the southern Illinois market, that includes Carbondale. Uh, Bailey's campaign also purchased 80 half-minute spots on the Fox News Channel in Chicago, part of a $63,762 statewide buy on the conservative cable news channel running through Monday. Let's hear this ad from Darren Bailey. A third-generation farmer, Darren Bailey learned the values of hard work, honesty, and faith. Darren took those values to Springfield, stood up to the Madigan machine, fighting every single tax increase, sued Governor Pritzker, and won to keep Illinois open. Now Darren is running for governor with a plan to cut taxes, increase police funding, and prevent voter fraud. Darren Bailey, the only true conservative Republican for governor. Join our movement. Are you joining the movement? Uh, where's, where do I sign up for? <laughs> where do I sign up? Hey, it's interesting. Uh, a little contradiction in one sentence there, D. Uh, he's going to cut taxes and increase police financing. Hmm, that'll be interesting. And you're going to pay for it with what? Uh, wheat? Uh, <laughs> hogs? What do you pay for the police funding with if you're cutting taxes? Don't listen to those details. Just vote. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I think that'll go over well. And by the way, interesting. Yeah, as Dennis pointed out, it's like this this game is not being won in the uh, precincts of Chicago. I'm not wasting a nickel on Chicago. This 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 election is going to be won in Carbondale and Alton downstate. That's where it's, that's why he's putting the money down there. You know, and so uh, Aurora mayor. Uh, Richard Irvin is trying to tell those voters, I'm just like you, even though I'm black. That's literally what his message was. Yeah, forget the fact that I'm black. I'm just like you. And uh, DB is saying in his message, I am you and you know it. I think DB has got the advantage, D. Just saying. You think so? I think DB's got the advantage in that one. Uh, But, you know... $20 $20 million buys you a lot of ads. Now, a is lot it, of commercials. Is there any chance? I mean, obviously, uh, I would assume Griffin would get behind whoever wins this uh, primary election, but is there any chance that uh, Griffin kind of cuts bait early on Irvin and joins Bailey? No. No. I think that uh, in Griffin's mind, and I'm, oh, I'm in the mind of Kenny G. Whoa. Oh, man. Can I borrow it, 10 bucks? <laughs> That's all you're gonna. Have. I'm the. I'm in the mind of the world of the state's richest man. Twenty five billion dollars. You asked for ten. All right, bucks? you're right. You're right. A hundred. <laughs> uh, son, hundred dollars to me is like a penny to you. Hey, um, 
No, I don't think. I think that he is, in, as he sees it, uh, Richard Irvin <laughs> is the kind of candidate who could pick up uh, enough independent vote. MAGA is going to vote for whoever is uh, running against Pritzker. MAGA hates Pritzker. And uh, downstate voters, you've, you've pointed this out to me, even if they're not uh, 100% MAGA, hate Pritzker. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's something weird. Can't really yeah. understand it. A lot of them also hate voting. So, um, you know, uh, that's my big prediction of this election. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, no the votes. MAGA, a lot of MAGA no votes. Mm. Uh, well, you know, you were right. I'll tell you what, the kid's been on a roll. I have. This guy has been on a roll, and I'm not talking sesame. This guy has been – he liked that one. Uh, he's on a roll. He said that uh, Darren Bailey was going to run for governor long before anybody – Rich Miller, I hate to say this. Dr. D was saying it before you said it. Just saying, Rich Miller. <laughs> By the way, D, let's see if you can handle this trivia question. Oh, brother. As I like to point out, there were three people uh, in the state of Illinois who knew – outside of the city of Aurora – who knew who Richard Irvin was before Kenny G plucked him out of obscurity, <laughs> pumped him up and, uh, as the leading Republican challenger to J.B. Pritzker. Three people. Name those three people. That knew Richard Irvin? Yeah, they knew the name. They literally knew who he was. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, Rich Miller. Oh, yeah. Shia Kapos. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to throw Tina Svondellis in there. She's back at the Sun-Times. I'll throw her in there. All yeah, right, yeah. Tina, you're in there. You knew who he was. Back Wait, at the Sun-Times. That's cool. Uh, hold on. I get a phone call. Oh, uh -oh. great. It's this some guy at the Tribune. Right, I knew him. I swear. I heard of him. Okay. What's no, that? Terry Cosgrove heard of him. I bet, I bet you Terry Cosgrove. Yeah, so it'll be interesting if he'll still, if he's, just imagine he's candidate, a Republican uh, candidate, uh, Darren Bailey uh, running uh, in October against J.B. Pritzker, and we're having a surge. Is he still, still going to be against masks in school? Yes, he will be. Poor Pritzker will be like, habada, habada, habada. Uh, I don't know which way to go. All right, moving on here. In primary election endorsement news, it's going to be a battle for the 6th Congressional District. Holy cow. Between incumbent Sean Caston and used to be incumbent, but now all of a sudden is back to being a hopeful thanks to redistricting Marie Newman. And chalk one up for Caston. Representative Sean Caston has been endorsed by the Associated Firefighters of Illinois and the Chicago Fire Department firefighters in the suburban 6th Congressional District primary. It's a little unfair what happened to Marie Newman, if you ask me, right? Right, ben? Uh, yeah, she was in musical chairs, you know, and when they redistricted, uh, <laughs> they didn't protect her. She's the new kid on the block. Dennis's favorite group from the 90s. Uh, and uh, I have absolutely no idea, by the way, when that group was popular. So uh, it just said 90s. Was I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Late, late 80s, early 90s, around God, for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a second, I was like panicking. Did yeah, I get yeah. the name wrong? Is it early signs of dementia kicking in? Was there no group called New Kids on the Block? Oh, no, there were. NKOTB, brother, come on. Uh, yeah, and their favorite song was Doobie Doobie. Doobie Doobie, yeah, Doobie Doobie. Uh, so, yeah, she was the new kid on the block, and um, I don't know. It's politics, D. Politics, what can I tell you? Uh, their song was Hanging Tough. That was a new kids on the block song. Did not know that. The Right Stuff, that was like their big hit. Hey, let's move on. I have admittedly been sleeping on him in the Secretary of State race, but never again. 
Democratic <laughs> SOS candidate David Moore has been endorsed by the Collective PAC, a political action committee dedicated to increasing black political engagement, representation and power across all levels of government. Well, as the only person in the state of Illinois uh, in the media who always mentions David Moore and is definitely leaning toward a David Moore. Uh, yeah, our teachers. <laughs> Very happy that he got an endorsement. I think David Moore, folks, I know he doesn't have money. And I know he doesn't have the big time connections. And I know he's a relatively uh, unknown Chicago alderman. But I just feel he'll handle that position. I just got a feeling. I got a feeling to quote the Beatles that'll handle that position with class. There. Just saying that, D. You know, he's not the flashiest guy in the world. And he's he's not a lefty. I'm not pretending he's a lefty. We probably don't agree on a lot of things. He was for Hillary. I was for Bernie. But I think he's got integrity. And that's what matters uh, with Secretary of State. So I just said it, D. I just put that out there. And in our final piece of statewide news, well, it's time for another story from Crane's Chicago Business Magazine that looks very interesting, but I cannot read because of a paywall. <laughs> Poker prodigy Crane's Greg Hines reports that Governor Pritzker's campaign is making hay about Illinois' richest man, Ken Griffin, and financial backer of gubernatorial hopeful Richard Irvin. Uh, and it involves China, I believe. Like I said, I got a paywall. Griffin responded. He pushed back to this piece and in a statement to Illinois Politico said that in 2006, China Security and Surveillance Technology, a company listed on the New York Stock Exchange, was raising further capital to pursue growth opportunities. CS and ST was hoping to be selected as a key partner in providing security capabilities for the 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics and the 2010 Shanghai World's Fair. And I'm going to give a tip now. Uh, to people who like Dennis and like me are locked out of cranes by the paywall. Uh, and we kid, we tease Greg Hines, uh, political reporter for cranes years ago. I played, I was in a poker playing group with him. Great political reporter, not that good at poker. Uh, but his new nickname is Greg Matumbo Hines because he rejects anybody who tries to get in around that paywall. Dennis comes in, try to sneak about here comes Greg Hines. That's that week. And then he waves his finger in Dennis's face. You can't come into my paywall. But here's a little tip for all you people out there. If you want to read what Greg Hines writes, but you don't can't get around that uh, paywall, subscribe to Shia Capo's Political. I'm giving us away. Political <laughs> apparently has more money than either broke ass Dennis or me, and they subscribe to Cranes. So she reads the stuff and then she reports on what Greg writes. D, I read the story in Shea today. I'm like, who needs the paywall when you got Shea Campos? Just a little tip out there for you. I'm looking out for you, listeners. You want to get around that paywall? Cranes thinking slick. Yeah. We got the paywall here. You ain't coming in. It's funny, I thought you called him Matumbo Hines because he blocks every single attempt I tried to get him on this show for an interview. <laughs> He's not coming on. You know why? Still seething. Seething mad at me for the time we were both, we were debating tiffs. No, I'm just kidding. He wasn't seething mad. He was a good sport. We went on the Mike Flannery show. It was two against one. They both love tiffs, Flannery and Hines. I'm like, but Flannery's like, and there's more people live downtown. I go, it's screwing your neighborhood. Beverly. <laughs> Greg's got told you. He's a hippie. 
That was a great, great moment, D. It was pre-pandemic when, you know, you got to go to studios. And uh, so uh, they were both talking over me. I said, how about this? I'm going to start talking. The three of us were talking at once. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knew anything that was going on. Better that than people listening to that. No, just kidding. Anyway, uh, yes, it's a legitimate story. I give Greg Hines credit for uh, breaking it. And Shia, uh, thank you for reporting on it. So now I know about it. Uh, And, uh, you know, listen, Kenny G is a capitalist. And by and large, capitalists, they... If you're a pure capitalist, if you're all about making money, and I'm going to paraphrase Milton Friedman, who's kind of like the the, the thinker, the philosopher, the philosopher behind a modern day, you know, a 20th century capitalism. It, it's like politics doesn't matter. You know, human suffering doesn't matter. You know, destroying the environment doesn't matter. Racism doesn't matter. All that matters is you make money. Your only obligation is to your shareholders. Milton Friedman said it. So every time, you know, uh, uh, it's reported that Kenny G has invested in some company that's not the best citizen in the world. I don't know why Kenny G doesn't come out and say, I don't care. I'm a capitalist. I'm here to make money. That's what I'm here for. So it's a legitimate story, but that's capitalism, ladies and gentlemen. Capitalism capitalism doesn't care if we soak the people of Chicago, the saps who play gambling, who who do gambling, play blackjack, et cetera, to pay our pension up. Capitalism doesn't care. It's all about making money, D. Come on, D. When are you going to learn that, young man? Once you learn that, you'll be out of that closet and you'll be a multimillionaire. I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Ah! All right, let's move on to the news in the city of Chicago. And our apologies to Alexi G. Nullius. We ran out of time. Barack Obama is the nickelback of presidents. (laughs) All right, on to the city news. Gasgate continues in Chicago. And who knew that our Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot, had an impersonation of Willie Wilson. It's a really good one, too, because just like Illinois candidate for, well, several things, Willie Wilson, Mayor Lori Lightfoot will be giving away free gas to random Chicago citizens as well. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced a $7.5 million gas giveaway. The money will come in the form of $150 gift cards Chicagoans can win in a rolling lottery, along with another $5 million in commuter transportation. Transit cards. There's an income limit of $140,000 for a family of four. We discussed this uh, yesterday, a couple days ago. Um, listen, gas is so high. It cost me over $50, put half, fill up half my tank. 50 bucks, D. And I don't, I, don't, I mean, I was like, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, Willie Wilson brought attention to it. And Lori Lightfoot is jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, but she can't admit that she got the idea from Willie Wilson. And she can't admit uh, that she's uh, doing this uh, to undercut Willie Wilson. And she can't admit that it really won't help that many people. And she can't admit that Willie Wilson's way of doing things, where he just literally shows up at a gas station and gives out the cards or gives out the money or what have you, or how he works it out. So people literally right there and then, without applying for anything, without giving any information, get their money. It's more effective than the one she's coming up with. She can't admit any of that stuff. Uh, 
It's so classic Chicago. Like somebody else comes up with an idea that's going to be popular. You know, it's going to be popular. Uh, and uh, they're an opponent of yours. So you have to get around that. And so what you do is you come up with your own version of it. It's probably not as good as theirs, but enables you uh, to make it seem like it was yours. And then this is my favorite part. When inquiring reporters ask if uh, she was affected, <laughs> influenced by uh, Willie Wilson, or if this is a response to him, uh, the mayor's people say, absolutely not. This has been the planning stages for days. Do, do you believe this was in the planning stages before Willie Wilson had those gas giveaways? Go ahead. Oh, so you man. think uh, Willie Wilson went and like snuck in on a meeting and listened in, put like a cup on a on a door and like listened and heard. Oh, that's a good idea. And ran out and did it. And yes. he got to it first. Is that what you're? Yes. Of course. That's what happened. Yeah. By the way, I didn't tell you this. In our pre-show planning meeting today, what? where we spent all our time talking about Will Smith and Chris Rock, uh, I didn't tell you this, but that line that you used, which I stole, oh, I usually give you credit for it. It's like some of your uncle said it, or I forget what relative of yours said it. Uh, I uh, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Yeah. I think it was Uncle Eldon. Oh. Anyway. Well, now listen, uh, little Danny, I was born at <laughs> night, but not last night. Come on. I've heard several people use it. I read it in the newspaper. Uh, it was born at night, but it wasn't last night. I'm going, wait a minute. That was Uncle Eldon. Uh, anyway, so I don't believe anybody in the city of Chicago believes. This is why we're so cynical. They say things to us that are so obviously not true and expect us to believe it. Oh, this has been in the planning stages for weeks. Willie Wilson stole it from us. Okay. <laughs> you had a good idea, Willie. So it may that the rollout may have not have been the best thing in the world, uh, but it it exacerbated how just ordinary people are getting crushed. Speaking of a theme on this show today, Michael Girardi began his show uh, with a somber reminder of that. And uh, ordinary people are getting crushed uh, by things they can't control. And our government, our leaders should be addressing the crushing of ordinary people, but they would ignore it unless they feel political necessity and then they pay attention to it. And that's the underlying story here. Young Dennis. Okay. All right. Now to the gas man himself. Fill her up. <laughs> and you know, it was only a matter of time until Willie Wilson announced that he was going to be running for something, right? With the timing of his gas giveaways, looks like he may be running for mayor. Well, apparently we're going to find out on April 11th. Willie Wilson said Tuesday he will announce April 11th whether to reprise his 2019 mayoral campaign against Lori Lightfoot, but insisted that his $1.2 million gas giveaway is not a vote buying <laughs> prelude to it. All right. Come on, Willie. We don't believe you anymore. We believe Lori Lightfoot didn't get the idea from you. <laughs> Apparently, Wilson has already held four town hall meetings on a possible mayoral campaign at churches across the city. Wilson insisted he has not made up his mind and will use the next two weeks to finalize his decision. Guys, he's running from here. You know, I should bring Willie Wilson back to this show and uh, put it to a point blank. Willie Wilson. Are you a Chris Rock man or a Will Smith man? No, I'm not gonna... I believe Willie Wilson will be running for mayor. And I believe the gas giveaway uh, is a prelude. And uh, I don't believe that he uh, is, what, as unpolitical? Is that the word? I don't know. As he's trying to pretend he is. I'm not a politician. You've now run four times, Willie. I think that you're a politician. 
You ever notice how like, many of my guests get mad at me when I call them politicians? Mm-hmm. Sue Sedlowski cars up. Ben, I'm not a politician. Willie Wilson, I'm not a politician. What's the matter with being a politician? I don't think there's anything wrong with being a politician. So They're all politicians. Go ahead. Let's let's take Willie Wilson for his word. Um, the big announcement, April 11th. Would it be anything else besides running for mayor? Anything else? Well, it could be I'm not running for mayor. Governor? Whoa. Governor? No, he's not running for governor. Too late. And he's uh, not in like, you know, somewhere brand like Bloomington giving away free gas. Yeah. I'm running for governor of Bloomington. I'm running for governor of Alton. <laughs> He's going to run uh, that guy that, that harassed you at the gas station. is going to be his campaign manager. Uh, no, I, I think it's mayor. And he's not going to run for alderman of some war. That's for sure. So I don't know. Is Willie Wilson kind of got something going here? Is he mayor? Lori Lightfoot will be reelected there. I said it, ladies and gentlemen, okay. I've said it all along. Okay. Her temperament as offensive as I may find it is what Chicagoans like. And they're going to vote for her. They like mean bully mayors. She's going to win. You know, that Chicagoans have been so brainwashed, they think that's what it takes to be the mayor. So I believe she'll be, win. I do believe that, D. It, it could be a runoff, but it doesn't matter. She still, someone has to beat her one-on-one. Willie Wilson cannot beat, in my humble opinion, Lori Lightfoot one-on-one. I think you agree with me on that. Uh, and anybody who could possibly beat her is too chicken to run. Because she showed those elbows. You got Arnie Duncan out of there. How long did it take her to get Arnie Duncan out of the race? Yeah. <laughs> I took one elbow. Arnie Duncan, like, oh, I'm going to, oh, somebody's a jump shot shooter. I got a three, Ben. Have you seen my three? So you heard it here first. Mayor Lori, and Chicago, you love it. You love a mayor who's like that. So stop acting like you're offended. That's the part that really kills me. Chicago, and oh, the way she talks to people is just outrageous. You like that. You, that's what you like, Chicago. All right. Well, April 11th is the announcement. So I guess until then, we're just going to pretend like we don't know that he's going to be running for mayor. I don't know. It's up in the air. We'll be waiting to see. And there you are. Your local news there. And uh, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. Over 1,300 episodes of the Ben Jarofsky Show. All right? Go check it out. We're throwing up episodes all the time. And uh, you can send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. All right. Very good. Good to have you back, young man. Good to see your smiling face. DJ Nate, I got nothing but love for you, too. It's not like I like one more than the other. Okay? I love them both. Uh, and uh, it's good to have you back. I want you to, You're still in Alton. He's doing the show from an, a closet in Alton means he'll be coming back to Chicago. Drive carefully, all right? Drive carefully, obey the speed limits, and if you need to get gas, just stay away from guys calling you a pussy. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> want to thank Michael Girardi. What a great job he did. Uh, and um, with the song, Look Me in the Eye, about his encounter with Bruce Runner. Uh, great job, Michael Girardi. also want to thank, again, the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And it's Michael Girardi, Bruce Rauner, and J. Bree Pritzker will tell you back home and all. They call him Dr. D, and the D stands for the Marvelous. He scored 50 points last night, ladies and gentlemen. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend. I think we're done. I think we're done. I think we're done.
think we're done. I'm Richard Irving. 